Hello and welcome back to the Bench Units podcast. We've been away for too long, probably, but yeah, we're back. Plenty to talk about. I'm here with Mark Schofield, as always. Mark, how's it going? Not bad, thank you. We've been off for 30-something days. I'm pretty sure we don't have a fully formed opinion between us yet. And yeah, we are back to make sure that we still don't know how to do this. Yeah, it's it. It's kind of nice that we disappeared for reasons that will be disclosed, obviously, semi-disclosed, and people were actually a bit like, hey, where is it? I, like three people, but still, it's nice <laughs> that people that some people like this. Three people, two of them being us, be like, hey, where is it? <laughs> yeah, we at several points in the last month were like, we should probably get back to this now. <laughs> Well, uh, no, it's it's all my fault. I would like to. It's not all my fault, but it was all. It's all because stuff. of me. It's all stuff that's been going on, and the fact that there's really been no basketball for roughly a month since we last were on here. And yeah, we're ca- we're kind of back in it because we get those weekly emails from um, Buzzsprout, who are our podcast hosting platform, and they send us like a weekly update of. Be like this week your podcast has received X number of total listens, and we have like in the month that we've been off, we've had like some single figures, which I think are just Ayaka going back <laughs> and listening to odd episodes. But yeah, it's bit it's been rough getting the emails being like, You had seven total listens this week. It's like, oh man, that's almost as many as when we actually release a new episode. Yes, almost, <laughs> but not quite. Yeah. Um, so we were planning on recording all the way through Euros and then basically vaguely I had some family stuff that we I had to go and go like go home for in a rush. And then I got COVID very quickly after that. So I left uh, Spain in like basically the start of December. Mark, you already know this. I'm, I do. Yeah, I just realized it sounds like I was addressing it to you. Um, but yeah, went home. Haven't done any of these. <laughs> Your first explanation of why we've not got our finger out in the last month was live. <laughs> yeah, you, you just let me disappear for a month. No, so had to come home for some family stuff and got COVID straight away and therefore couldn't travel back and all the stuff that we record podcasts on. Well, all the stuff I record podcasts on laptop microphone all of that was there and also just didn't really feel like talking about basketball much especially because there wasn't a massive amount going on post euros and also euros got a bit weird but we'll talk about that but yeah thankfully pretty healthy throughout the whole covid thing fairly symptom free thank goodness and yeah i assume that's because young enough fit enough and vaccinated enough crucially so get your vaccines get your boosters if you can um it might might make you feel a bit better and if, if and if you're it. one of the people who's just listened to this and said well how come he got covid even though he's been vaccinated then please take us out of your ears immediately well no um look up how percentages work and yeah, like there's explainers on how vaccines work and obviously and how they sort of 
soften the blow on individual people that get it and reduce transmission, reduce uh, they reduce your ability to catch it. Obviously, different variants are different. I'm no expert, but plenty of people who are experts out there who can explain why it's still a good idea. Plenty of people are getting it, and the grand majority of people that I know who have gotten it recently sort of, thank God, are feeling pretty okay, and I think a lot of that is vaccine-related. So, And crucially, if you don't want to get it, don't be one of the people who says, well, I've just done my own research, because that is extremely ungrateful to the people whose actual job it is to do the research. But anyway. Also, like when people are like, I don't know, I wanted to come to my own conclusions and look up my own stuff. It's like, yeah, if you look up the right stuff and come to the correct conclusion, I have no problem <laughs> with it. But being like, hey, I wanted to look under this cushion in the sofa to see if that's where my car is parked. Like, yeah. <laughs> like obviously looking in the wrong place, you're going to find the wrong thing. How have we gotten here already? Oh, yeah, because yeah. I got COVID. But yeah, um, back to it, back over in Spain. And... Yeah, happy to be back talking nonsense about basketball. Hopefully a handful of people are happy enough to hear us talking nonsense again. Yeah, if not, then we'll just listen to this episode on repeat until the listening numbers are about back in line with the pre-break ones. Yeah, imagine it'd be interesting if this did like big numbers and it was just like, oh, is our absence and then return what gets people going and we'd have to figure out how, how long to leave for <laughs> well it, there'd be a graph and we'd need to find the sweet spot if this one spiked and then the next ones were back to normal it would probably just be people being like oh i wonder if they've been away looking into how good how to get good at podcasting and then after an hour of listening to this one they'll be like yeah no same as usual yeah i wonder if they have fundamentally changed as people nope because that's nope. not what the bench units podcast is about oh it's correct. It's about talking nonsense about basketball. It might be about bringing people together in the love of wheelchair basketball, uh, just talking about <laughs> things we like talking about, but it it's about be. bringing 30-something people together. It to might be it. about bringing people together, mainly me and you, if anyone else wants to listen along to the ride, good for them. Yeah. How long do you think, obviously I've just blown it by the next bit of my sentence, but how long do you think we could have gone convincing people that we didn't speak outside recording podcasts. <laughs> but I did I did wonder about this because, like, I guess it's been, you guys obviously had a hectic time, like you said, you've been traveling to and from, and you were at Euros for a bit, and then you and Anna were in the house locked up and had COVID, and you probably didn't have anything interesting to tell me. There was no basketball on, and we weren't recording, so I... Like our WhatsApp's been relatively quiet over the last month. And I did have a point where I was like, do we just talk about organizing the next podcast? And that's all that gets us through. But I think, yeah, probably yes. No, I think it's just like I have become, I developed a thing a while ago, maybe a year or two ago that like, I just like abandon my phone when I don't feel good. And it's been, it's been, it's been a weird, weird odd month, but yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're here. We're back on. Living the dream. So, shall we I, get to it? Yeah, should we talk about our original shtick on wh- where you were for the last month? Yep. Mark, Mark why, why were you too busy to podcast for well, the last month? As anyone who follows the NBA may know, there are officially no NBA players left. 
and I know this for a fact because I just got done watching the Toronto and Milwaukee game from last night. Oh, no. And the guy by the name of Sandru Mamalekashivili or something like that, some Georgian American guy was playing, and I was like, they've definitely that's like on 2K where you hit create player and just like either randomize name or just press enough buttons until it's like, yep, that's a surname that'll do. Anyway, he was playing. So you think he pronounces his name really slowly as if he's not a hundred percent sure how to say it, or is that just you? He must do. I don't <laughs> see any other way you could do it. Um, so yeah, I've been on the trail trying to get an NBA 10 day contract because there's basically nobody else on earth left to get one. Um, my original stick for this bit was that I've had tryouts with the Utah jazz because their whole system involves putting subpar defenders around Rudy Gobert to prove what a good defender he is. And I've had another tryout for the Golden State Warriors because their thing is kind of the same with Steph on offense. We're like, hey, let's give this guy unreasonably bad offensive players and see if he can still make it work. And he probably could do, but I am not in the NBA right now. However, I do have a trip coming up in March where I'll be stopping through San Francisco, LA and New York. So that will be five teams for me to try out for. Yes. I I imagine they will still be giving out 10 days by then. My original thing was going to be, I signed for Miami because they wanted to pay me $18,000 for 10 days. And then next year, give me a three year, 50 million contract. (laughs) So they could say, look how much we improved this player just by our heat culture. Look, He's come and played for us for 10 days, and now he's a $50 million player. Now, look, look how much we improved him in our eyes and not really anybody else's. Um, yeah. Thank God yeah. you have to pay him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been trying to convince Gabs as we're planning our trip. I'm like, you know, all it's going to take, just have to land one 10-day at any of these three cities and five teams that we stop in somewhere near. We don't even have to go to, like, pay tickets to go to an NBA game. If I just land one contract, I can play one of these games and we'll be laughing. But it's- Yeah, you land a contract and you get the best seat in the house. Like, you make about how much the ticket would cost to not <laughs> play the game. Yeah, problem solved. So that's my plan from now until March whenever it is 14th, I think. Um, So yeah, keep an eye out for me on the NBA replacement schedule because I've never claimed to be much good at basketball, but I'm certainly better than some of the guys who are playing for the magic right now. Yeah. I had a moment of like watching, I was watching Pacers, uh, the Pacers play last night and I was like, I'm sorry. Oh my God. Lance Stevenson's back. I can't believe this. What does the world come to? And then he had 20 in the first quarter. <laughs> it's like, it just hits home. The thing of anyone who has ever played an NBA game is so much better at basketball than you could possibly consider. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like you, you, you'll see someone in like a BBL game. Yeah. Or something similar, or you'll go and watch guys in Europe, and to your eyes, they might they might look like the best players you've ever seen because they're all unbelievably skilled. Like they're all tiers above people who aren't playing professionally, but it's just these guys are tiers above that and six foot eight most of the time, which is just completely insane. Yeah, it is mad. Uh anyone who's been watching the NBA, if you have any thoughts to send us in on the last like three weeks of games. I'm all ears because I fancy myself as something as of like the basketball alchemist. And I 
enjoy the idea that I can look at any like quintet of guys put together and be like, oh, I could probably make this work if I had to coach these five guys. And that theory of mine has been pushed to the limit a lot <laughs> since the whole 10 day contrast. There's like, oh, I could make it work with this bunch of guys that not even their teammates have ever heard of. Do you think, I... do you think there's been like moments of like, established player looks to kick a pass into the corner and is like, who the hell is this guy in the same jersey as me? Did you not see the Andre Drummond quote about someone recently? No, I don't listen to anything. He basically was, I just saw it on Twitter, but it was along the lines of, and I don't remember the name of the person he was talking about, but he was like, yeah, that guy had a good game. I'm not going to lie. I didn't have a clue who he was like (laughs) before we tipped, but yeah, he had a good game. Fair play, (laughs) which is, unbelievable someone so, being like i don't know you but yeah. nice job is yeah. amazing i love that there is something nice about like ex-nba players now just still being current nba players like guys that absolutely can be okay in the nba getting another chance yeah. and it's cool for maybe guys that are in the g league to get a little chance to step up like i'm sure they're going to be mm, I would say like 15 guys that stick around yeah. from all of this madness. And obviously it's not yeah, and not a good thing because it's come from people being infected with COVID. So obviously not nice, but if everyone who goes into the health and safety protocols comes back out the other end healthily and a couple of other guys get jobs. Yeah. Happy. Day. That's kind of cool in a way. And if you're listening, raise your hand if you had Joe Johnson plays more minutes this season than Zion Williamson or Kyrie Irving. Hey, that's not true anymore. Kyrie's back. He doesn't count. I love the thing that anytime a player comes back from a lengthy absence, it's like, I don't know how this guy is going to adjust, but Kyrie just came back and had 22 in however many minutes. As if it was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'll, I'll figure it out. I can, I can play basketball. I'll be okay. Like I can imagine him just showing up to any sort of five in the world or any anyone that needs a fifth in the world and being like, I'm Kyrie Irving. I'll be okay. I'll <laughs> figure it out, which is kind of cool in a way. Obviously not cool that he's not vaccinated and can only play away games, which is terrible. Like you'd, if you... If you could only play half your games, you'd much rather it be your home games. Like imagine not having to travel. Well, yeah, but alternatively, just get vaccinated like everybody else. (laughs) They're they're saying like 97% of NBA players are vaccinated now. I just love the idea that Kyrie's like, hey, those 97% of guys with the same job as me have no idea what they're doing. It's like, come on, man. Anyway, we'll, we'll get off the vaccine stuff because we'll get deep down a rabbit hole otherwise. Cool. Yes. Um, so talking about competitive basketball organizations that have been affected by the COVID pandemic, should we talk about the Euros a little bit? Uh, depends on your definition of competitive, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to analyze it in depth because one, there's a lot of distance. Now, two, it was a bit of a shambles and... Yeah, like I think the whole thing is I heard from different people in different national teams from the inside that it was kind of not great and 
people didn't feel safe and people obviously weren't safe as yes. well as the other you're, thing like you were entirely justified in not feeling safe <laughs> yeah it's the thing of like people didn't feel safe because they thought the worst might happen and it did on several occasions and i don't know like i'd heard from as i say different people from different national teams and whatever that it was just maybe not not a hundred percent the best put together for people's safety and i understand that there are constraints in that no one in wheelchair basketball has a billion euros to put together a tournament or you know what i mean like this isn't the nba you can't just shut down disney for three months or anything but um obviously the sort of headlines were caught by neither gb team playing the final yeah because of health concerns and yeah i I, the first thing i want to say is like to anyone who managed to get i say managed it to anyone who was unfortunate to get infected um hope you're okay i know a handful of people who did and um, there's, I know that there are more people that I don't know that did get infected. Um, hope you're all all right. And yeah, that's the most important thing. And also the two teams that stepped away on a kind of not feeling safe. Obviously, I'll be biased because it's GB, but I, I yeah, fully supportive of it because if you don't feel safe, what's the point playing basketball? Because um, yeah, well, uh, you said I agree with you that the most important thing is that everyone who was compromised is okay now. Second most important thing, when you say you've heard different things from different people in different national teams, is that coded speak for you being force-fed the Bilbao doctrine about why Spain didn't qualify for the world? They're like, oh yeah, it all it all came and got us. I don't think it did. But no, I don't think any of them got COVID, which was nice. Yeah. Uh I don't know, but um no, I haven't I haven't had any I haven't had any of that, obviously. I just mean like obviously if I came out and said that I heard this and I heard that, people's first instinct would be like, his GB teammates have said this, but no, like I picture enough people from different national teams that I've heard it from a couple of different places that it's not being good. Obviously just, I don't think I need to hear something to know that it's not great that people got COVID at a tournament. Yeah. But yeah, really, really unfortunate and unfortunate the way it ended, but there's a certain amount that obviously you can't stop some people getting it maybe, but to hear that there could have been more done potentially to sort of ensure the welfare of wheelchair basketball players is it's yeah that's the most important thing definitely this is actually this is possibly the firmest stance you've ever taken on anything on record thanks uh i'm about to take a really firm stance on something later but uh oh great i look forward to that um uh it's it's mostly just a bit but um yeah, no, the tournament was weird and there was some really cool stuff that happened. And I guess on the basketball side of things, uh, the Dutch women are as dominant as ever and the GB men are as dominant as ever. Well, you say that, but there's a new European champion in town. A new European champion that lost to the semi that lost to the silver medalists by 25 in the group. But yes. <laughs> like that that is there is inherent bias in that, but that is also 
yeah uh, two things are presented as fact and i don't know they could have got closer gb were obviously a handful of people down at that stage but i don't think they i i think it really showed the sort of gulf in class and it was a real shame that obviously tommy uh boma didn't play the semi-final and obviously spain i don't know what <laughs> happened we'll get into that but is that is that what you're taking a stance on because we've We've had a... No, 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 I'm not taking a stance on it. Well, <laughs> I, I will take a stance on that, but it won't be a firm one. We, um, it's really hard to take a firm stance on. This is probably why a sport that has a million variables didn't go well. But um, yeah. yeah, we. I'll hit a couple of things on Euros because it's been, it's been a month now in which not a whole lot's happened, but it kind of all, it was so disorientating as it flew by and things seemingly changed day to day that it all feels like a bit of a blur even now um yeah so one of my favorite things gb men just conceded the final and said effectively echoing what you said like yeah hey netherlands enjoy being champions and living with the knowledge that we beat you by many in the group stages i don't know if anyone on the gb side explicitly has like a express that sentiment but i'm sure it's in there like i'm sure yeah, that, that's entirely what i was getting at um <laughs> so it yeah it got that was a 20 nil netherlands win and then i think when the publicity around it came out it was like the germany and italy game for um the bronze medal will be rescheduled and i love the idea that germany is so like there's a level of gb being like hey we know we've lapped the field here have this win if it gets us out of here feeling good um yeah. And there's definitely, on the flip side, a level of Germany being like, no way in hell are we allowing anyone to think for any extended period that Italy might have gotten to us if we didn't play. Like They're, they're just waiting until they've got the first chance to pace those guys, and then they will do just that, I assume. Oh, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I appreciate... Is it pettiness on Germany's part? If it is, I, I've... Um, that game didn't end up getting played. Both teams just agreed to not play it, which is cool. I... I'm almost sure I saw something saying it will be replayed at some point. Oh, that's so, so funny. Which, that's... Is, which is hilarious because I can imagine that Italy were like, yeah, we'll call it a draw. <laughs> and Germany were like, absolutely, under no circumstances we call it. Do you think it was like, okay, let's shake on it, but obviously not. Let's bump elbows on it. Yeah. And we'll both agree to take third. And the IWBF said, hey, you're tied fourth. <laughs> and they were just like, <laughs> absolutely not. I'm going to play for this. The IWF be like, yeah, sorry, we just don't have enough bronze medals to cover everybody. So it's yes. only, only fair if we give out no bronze medal. Um, One thing I would like to make clear is, was as well is the Netherlands very clearly have made a leap and are in that mix of good European teams now and deserve to be. So like, I think me being like GB would have pasted them by 20-ish again. Yeah. Kind of comes across as a bit abrupt and doesn't, give them credit for going from sort of handy team with a couple of different pieces to like well put together wheelchair basketball team that can beat another good basketball team this in is, Europe on a given day. This is the Netherlands team that we saw when we got all excited over the Dutch bubble and that they like beat Spain and Germany convincingly enough that I think even at that point, we might have had a conversation that was like, Netherlands might be the second best team in Europe, or at least it in the huddle of. Yeah. And it looks like they are, at least 
Well, I assume they'll. Well, have- yeah, like actually, like they are. Well, no, they're they are gold metal Europeans. Um, and also makes this is we've tiptoed <laughs> tiptoed around this so much, being like, yeah, caveat. Yeah, they 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 want to they want a gold at Euros by default, so they're they made the final fair and square, so you have to say they're at least the second best yeah. team. Anybody, Europe, anybody listening Europe. will remember that I tried to goad Mendel into saying that they would make the finals and he wasn't even that confident. So I'm officially... He just didn't want to say it. I'm sure he felt pretty good about it. But yeah, man, I I, I like some of the stuff that they run as well. They run some cool stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. They have good players and in a... Total- they run like a double drag screen, drag screen for Quinton to shoot a three off some sidelines, which is yeah. very cool. Um, they actually run it off. They run it off a uh, off an ant line play at one point. And I was like, "This is hilarious! That's so cool!" But yeah, no, they they do some really cool stuff, and they've obviously got some players that I am fond of personally and professionally, and some other guys who I don't know but think are good basketball players. Yeah. So yeah, man, cool yeah. to see them doing well. Disappointing to see, obviously, if some teams coming up means other teams have to drop. Um. Yeah, I think we'll get into the Spain stuff later on. I think there was a question about it, but there was a question um, from a non-anonymous source who prefixed the question with from an anonymous source. So we'll Yeah, you can't anonymously <laughs> ask that question. So they were like, please don't put my name with it, which is fair. Um, but yeah, do you have any large scale takeaways? Oh yeah, Spanish woman winning a bronze. That was kind of cool. Yeah, that was bizarre. Um I actually watched I don't know if it was a, a product of there being less women's teams. It like I feel like Tokyo, I didn't watch a whole lot of the women because when there's 12 teams, the women's competition just isn't deep enough and you almost invariably watch one good team versus one bad team almost all the time. Yeah, um, it's, too, it's too diluted yeah. almost. Um, whereas the Euros only being six teams and Spain apparently stepping up into the tier that um, w- they were competitive rather than like a distant fourth was kind of cool as well as Germany having an injury uh, to Marika Miller I think that makes a difference yes. um, but yeah um, Germany I enjoyed watching Katrina Lang because she seemed content to just be like hey I'll win this bronze by myself don't worry about it but Spain had other ideas and I would not, going into the competition, have given them credit as a team that would have other ideas against somebody like Germany. Well, you can have the ideas, but carrying them out is a, a distant, yeah, like a long shot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, fair enough, Spain. And I guess congratulations to the GB women as well, because I did not think they would get silver, and I was fairly yeah. public about that. And I've given Amy an incredibly hard time, given that she's been to, like... 28 Europeans and got one silver and a load of bronzes and the first Europeans they've gone to without it, they just rolled silver straight away. So yeah, them winning silver this year does mean that it's her fault. It does. That's, that's, that's how that works. That's what now, um, I, te- I text her almost immediately after and was like, hey, do you ever think you guys might have got gold if you'd have carried on? <laughs> or do you think you might have got silver in Tokyo if you weren't there either no um, we're not making fun of Amy Conroy as passive observers just as friends yeah, um, yeah. But yeah um, that- what was I going to say yeah no fair play to them obviously they've like they've had some changes in the last 
couple of months and I don't know how much of it was like I don't know how much you can change in three months so I don't know what happened basically but fair play um and that you say say change but there's been changing the coaching staff in its entirety and then the coaching staff in its entirety missing the crucial games with covid so that's like change on change i don't know who yeah didn't they didn't they make it to the was it the quarterfinal or the semifinal they played with like eight players and no coaches yeah i think so that was well it would have been both probably so yeah that's unbelievable fair play yeah that's that's absolutely amazing so yeah big achievement um yeah other than that i guess my big one is the there was a lot of the games in the men's side because i don't think spain really brought it which like you say we'll get into italy didn't bring it at all until they came to play spain which was weird um and France kind of France, France and Poland kind of brought it and then didn't bring it in periods. Well, they brought it, didn't bring it, and then realized they each had one game left to make the worlds and were like, all right, let's turn it on now. And that game. What a game. That, that might have been the game of the tournament. I that think. was the best game of the tournament, no question. Um, oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Nico Joancer with 37, I think he finished with. And he's been yeah. out of the. Fr- I, I tried to look this up. The last time Nico played for the Frenchmen was in 2015. And he's had like six years of retirement living in Monaco. And has just been like, yeah, go on then. I'll, I'll rock up and see what happens. And he's just getting buckets still. Um, Very cool. Yeah, he was real good. They kind of looked at the start. Well, not the very start. They played Spain to a real close game, which I thought was a big thing. And then as the tournament went on, didn't look as much of an achievement. But they played well. But there was very much a thing of it looked like they hadn't been together as that team for a very long time because you've got a handful of guys that want the ball in their hand all the time and there are ways to put it together so that it works but it needs work like you've got um Alexi Ramone who obviously has the ball in his hands all the time at club level you've got Sofian Mayawi who has had the same his whole career and Nico who catches the ball on every possession but doesn't have it in his hands for very long <laughs> any yeah the, yeah it doesn't go to any other teammate when it hits his hand <laughs> because when you're that big and can shoot like that why why wouldn't you I was sitting we watched one of their games uh the game against Spain actually and I was sitting near Rose Hollerman and she didn't know who he was because obviously he hasn't played international basketball and six years and i was like yeah this guy can shoot yeah guy this guy can't really move isn't like in that top class of forwards because he can't move yeah (laughs) but he can shoot he can shoot and yeah he just started draining a couple the second i said it and i love when you get that confirmation straight away even though it doesn't mean doesn't mean a whole lot but makes you feel good doesn't it yeah it's especially when somebody's that consistent it's not like it's almost more impressive to find someone who's really streaky and be like, oh, they're going to get hot now, and then they do. But for some reason, it always still feels good to be like, hey, this guy who shoots 70% all the time might carry on shooting 70%, and then they do. It's about as difficult as looking at the sky and being like, oh, it's going to rain at some point. And then when it does, being like, ah, I told you. Yeah, because he's also not a young guy. So it's like he's been doing this for as long as I've been watching him do it. 
Yeah, it's nuts, man. Uh, but that Poland and France game, if you didn't get a chance to watch that, that is absolutely the game from the tournament. You should go back and watch because it was fantastic. And yeah, Poland, for what seems like the infinity of time, have just missed out on making the world level competition again. I don't know. There must be some kind of record for how many times they've finished like one spot out of qualifying for either a Worlds or a Paralympics. Yeah, real shame. Because obviously a lot of a lot of good basketball players on that team. I don't know a whole lot of them personally, but I know people who've played with three or four of the guys that play big minutes for their team, and they are apparently all cool. Yeah, and it's yeah, obviously a lot of good basketball players there. I think I think Filipski's unbelievable. He has shown it this year so far in the league, obviously, and he's obviously shown it for about a decade at club level. Yeah, and internationally, but. Yeah, real shame that they're not going to be there. But I guess the thing is, teams don't qualify for Worlds because they don't get as far in a tournament as another team. Well, obviously, the, they kind of deserve it. Like, in well, theory, the teams that qualify in, in, instead of them deserve it more. You keep I would tell, agree. You keep telling yourself that when we're watching Morocco or Algeria versus South Korea. or uh, Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I could quibble over the amount of spots that yeah. other regions earn but i don't really know what goes into that and i don't think you could just completely cut out like you can't just be like okay this continent you get one spot now yeah um but yeah i don't really know because obviously like if there's continents that are less well developed in the world of wheelchair basketball cutting them down to one spot doesn't help them get to a place where they're not getting blown out in 15 years time so i guess you have to balance that Somehow yeah. you have to give something to sort of aspire to to help people develop. That's incredible, really... incredibly deep. Um, yeah, it might be. So we, I guess we've covered most of the big guns on. We have had several questions, one of which just said, what the hell happened at the end of Euros, which I, I think we've covered. Uh, we did. Uh, have... Yeah, people either had COVID or didn't want to get COVID, so they... People that had COVID, some, decisions to get out of there. Some teams and players played like they had COVID, and some people just got out of there. Um, um, yeah, last like on court thing. Um, GB's lineup versatility now that everyone's back is astounding. Um, the amount of games that it was like uh, starters weren't working. Okay, Worlds lineup cool, or the opposite, or some sort of amalgamation of the two. Just madness. But yeah, I just, I, I sway constantly to either side of the awareness of my own bias. Yeah. So I don't want to like underdo it either. Like, no, I think we, we probably do underdo it a little bit, but I think um, I was, I checked out the Spanish league website yesterday to see what games were coming up this weekend. And I, there's the little tab in the bottom of the website that has the, stat leaders i didn't realize kyle's the top scorer of the entire italian league and he like didn't even play that spanish. much yeah it, like sorry spanish league. um yeah oh completely insane like he's been on fire but also i think each week it has changed between greg warburton terry bywater and kyle marsh like <laughs> like it's alternating between them three like yeah, that's nuts i didn't know that it, yeah there is a there is a depth of talent in british wheelchair basketball for yeah. sure. The fact that two starters can 
leave at various parts of the tournament and other important players who've started at different points in tournaments can dip out because of COVID and injuries and stuff like that and they can just keep rolling and keep playing. No, I was going to say their own style of basketball, but also different, very distinct styles and different lineups. And yeah, the versatility is what I think. Well, the absolute talent overwhelms people but if not the vers- the versatility does for sure yeah, the, but, yeah. Uh, i hadn't pre-planned this question but this has just kind of fed into something i've been thinking about the last couple of days um so we've touched on the nba stuff with all the temporary guys coming in and whatever or teams missing chunks of their roster and playing weird lineups and almost all the teams that have battled through it have been somebody that's had basically one guy on the floor where it's like either Jokic or Steph, where it's like, we just put this guy out and they're good enough that we put four pieces around him and it's fine. Yeah. Um, I think the Raptors have been pretty good at that as well. That's more a collective of like Siakam and all those guys being all the same size and length, but... A handful it, of quite good guys. Yeah. Really makes it, but is there... Who, like you say about the kind of GB depth and ability to just plug the holes... Is the one guy that that's built around, or is that is the one person who it's like, oh, because this person is this points and can play with these lineups, we can probably chuck something out around them and make it work? Or is it more multi-led than that? I think there's more to it than that because, well, the 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 sort of through line between the two main lineups that GB played through the whole tournament was Greg, Harry, and Lee. Yeah. So that's three guys. So it's not, it's more than half your lineup stays on. So is it yeah. two lineups or is it a sub? It is, however, a complete stylistic change. You're subbing out a ball dominant four pointer um, that can do it all and the best scoring one of all time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you're putting in two of the best defenders of all time and Phil, who is one of the most versatile offensive guys going and so you kind of crank the tempo up as soon as you make that sub obviously because the three guys who stay on the floor can go either way yeah um but yeah i think anyone who has ever watched basketball before and watches those two lineups can kind of see one of them and look at the other one and see what the strengths are yeah and the, the different styles of play like i don't think it's that hard to spot but really both really hard to stop um but yeah i don't know but even then like we've rolled out one of those lineups and we've had terry in or you know you take one of the twos out of the world's lineup and you put kyle in and you just start lighting people up and i've seen like jim came into the the lineup that started the tournament um for abdi at one point and was unbelievable uh, we went half a point under. Simon came and played Harry's role. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Jim, man. Hit the last like two, two tournaments, Abdi's there for being like, hey, Abdi either gives us points, and if he doesn't give us points, which is very rare, admittedly, like there's not a massive use case for playing Abdi. And then it's like, oh, Jim's the alternative, who's probably not going to shoot like Abdi is, but will also play 10 to 12 minutes of doing some good and making virtually no mistakes ever. Like there's yeah, no Jim's so solid. Jim might be the <laughs> fastest one in the world, and he's yeah. one of the best defensive ones in the world. Like he just 
he played like good minutes in yeah. a Paralympic bronze medal game uh, and throughout the tournament, but played like good solid minutes in, I think, the semifinal as well, but definitely the bronze medal game. And yeah, Jim's the man and I love him with all my heart. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Jim was unbelievable. And yeah, that's the thing. Like we've got guys that can just kind of slot yeah. in to either keep a lineup the same, or I think the big thing is taking taking that first lineup for example you take a one that's gonna spot up on the wing and make 15 footers out and you put a guy that traditionally like in gb ends up playing on the block you have enough going on there that you can shift people about and you still kind of fill all your spots with a constant amount of talent so very very lucky to have enough going on so i think it's knowing how the fives fit together and there's a lot of work that goes into that a lot of scrimmaging yeah um and finding different people's roles and trial and error that goes on pre-tournament but yeah i think that's the big thing talent and adaptability yeah i think going back to the nba point the gb things much more the raptors model of having enough guys rather than one guy who can make everybody else enough yeah it's not that you absolutely need to put everything around one person. It's that your eighth guy is really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's the thing. But like also defensively, like it, a lot of it works because of like Lee being on the floor and that world's lineup, obviously just, you've got five absolute killers out in the floor at any given point. Like, um, yeah, man. And I don't think, I don't think there's anything to stop the, first lineup in the half court definitely not in europe anyway um maybe not in the world in the half court but um yeah i think that versatility that comes with having everyone back really 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 makes a difference but unfortunately yeah. I, I didn't realize this until i saw that iwf post today about the schedule of tournaments and stuff this year but the world isn't until november so yeah that's a weird one i imagine playing in dubai any earlier in the year than that would be quite warm well it, Forgive, forgive me for speaking out of turn here, but it's almost like Dubai isn't an optimal place to host such a tournament, but that would be an outlandish suggestion. Um, yeah. You might be right. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's so weird to me. I'd like that this tournament is always over. It's like June to September is the cutoff point. I don't regret, apart from like this one, which is obviously filling in the space because uh, Tokyo got moved back. But it's like, why have they taken a June to September window tournament and put put it in a country? The, <laughs> the games couldn't be played in that time, so they've moved it. It's like it, literally like if if Dubai was the only place that um put their name forward for it, then fair enough. But I struggle to believe that's the case because I'm sure countries with an actual wheelchair basketball program will have also gone in for it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, but I, it, I don't know. For like making it absolutely essential to put that tournament between June, July, or August would have been the way to get back to not interrupting club seasons, and yeah. they didn't do that. But yeah, nothing to do with me. Um, do well, we have anything else to? It is. It might be something to do. With, I hope it's something to do with me. But. Well, even if it's not, you did just point out that. Um... You're like, nobody's got a billion to wave at a wheelchair basketball tournament. So maybe Dubai have just been like, hey, don't worry about it. We've got all the money we need. They, they, they went, hey, 
we have a billion to put in a wheelchair basketball. I don't, I don't know if they do. But... I don't know if they do, but there's enough money in Dubai that I think it might be not unreasonable to suspect maybe they could run it more COVID safe than... I was going to say, if if the payoff is nobody gets COVID, it, it might be good. I, I don't know. No. I don't even want to think about what COVID looks like in November. That's kind of terrifying. Um, um, all right. Should we get on to the questions? Let's do it. Okay. So from an anonymous source, uh, an anonymous source wants us to talk about Spain bombing out of euros. Okay. So uh, shall I give you my non-nuanced nuance take before you maybe apply some nuance to it? Um, you can do. Was this formed before or after talking to any of the guys from Bilbao? This was formed before the tournament. All right. <laughs> like, um, so they are just off the back of being the fourth best team in the world with a starting five of Asier Garcia, Alejandro Zarzuela, Amadou Diallo. Do you see where I'm going with this here? Jordi Ruiz and was it Danny Sticks, I believe? So you go to the next tournament three months later. One of the guys isn't isn't allowed to play. Another guy has had two shoulder operations, I think, who isn't there. And a third guy didn't start the last league game before the international break for a club that he's started every game for for about a decade because he, he he's obviously playing through being hurt. So I think that is kind of, that's kind of it. Like Alejandro gives them so much more than any other big three. And I know the whole thing is um, Asier, big threes, Jordi, and the one and their two first choice big threes were not at the tournament. And the guy who has made everything go for them for the last handful of years, at least, if not longer, was definitely not 100%, obviously, because he sat out some games and stuff. So, yeah, like, they also, like, the rest of them weren't good enough, but, like, the guys who get them there normally, and Jordy was there, like, Jordy had 30 in some games, so it's like, I don't think it's Jordy's fault. I don't think he bombed massively, but it went from, oh, these guys should probably be second, yeah, or well, make the make a medal at least, make a medal game, probably make the final. To well, three of their starters from three months ago are either not here or kind of limping through the tournament. So they, I don't think they should have been good. No, I, I think <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know if that's harsh on the other, like harsh on the other guys. Like Jordy was still good. Pincho Ortega was a revelation, which I'd like to talk about for a while, but I don't know. Like they, they struggled when like Asier was on the floor as well, but I like, he, he's obviously, he sucked games out, man. Like he's not a hundred percent. Like, so no, uh, I think they have been any better is my question. We knew he wasn't a hundred percent. Cause like you say, he didn't start when you guys played Illunion, but um, yeah, I mean, I think you see it maybe less so in the wheelchair game than I think in able-bodied basketball, you see the knock-on effects of everybody being moved up a rung in the pecking order. Like, it's bad enough if it happens once. 
And then if it's multiple guys, the effect's obviously compounded. But in the wheelchair game, it tends to be if you can roll out a semblance of your good enough players who know how to play together, you tend to have a chance. And I think Spain pushed that logic to breaking point and ultimately it broke. Um, I also think having a new coach come in just after the most successful period ever and changing other things as well obviously not anyone else's fault like two injuries and a guy that couldn't get picked for whatever reason that i don't want to yeah. get into um like you know what i mean if they had gone okay new coach new position but everything else is identical i think he would have come in and i imagine the plan would have been like Asier, here are the keys. How do we do things around here? Like, I've heard he's like decent coach, nice guy, whatever. But like, I imagine nothing else changing would have eased the transition for the new coach. But yeah. him coming in to kind of things falling apart around him mustn't have been easy as well. Yeah, but no. I don't know. There, there are ways he could have managed it better. But yeah, I think just. It probably ties into what you just said, but I think they were identityless enough that because of the change in coaching and the lack of guys who knew how Spain played to simplify it downloads, but um, that any team with basically a stronger identity than theirs had a chance. Like Sofiane is one of the most widely... I don't know if you want to use underrated, underappreciated, ridiculed players that has been around since I've been following, but it's like... He's controversial. Like, I yeah, think some com- people are like, he's great, and some people don't rate him at all. And I com- think it's because Controversial, but it's ultimately like France, who we even talked about not quite knowing what they had. They were like, okay, if this guy's in the game, we do this. And they were able to ride that harder than Spain were able to ride anything that they had going for them. Like, yeah, this isn't saying France was like the antidote to the Spanish for formula. It was just like, hey, these guys are built out in a way that they know how to leverage. And I don't think Spain had that even like Italy's roster was ridiculous. And I think even you could probably make an argument that the Spanish team that went to the tournament should have beaten Italy and didn't because Italy was just like, hey, we lean into being massive. And if it gets us through, then so be it. Yeah. I don't know. What I wonder is like considering their change in both coach and players, do you think they would have been better trying to go, okay, this is how Spain played. We put the ball in the hands of a four. We have Jordi Ruiz as a sort of secondary creator, two big threes and a one. Would they have been better just being like, okay, Augustino Lejos, Here's the ball. You do that stuff now. Nothing else changes around you except we put a one in instead of a one five. Do you think they would have been better with that, or should have should they have adapted? Um, that they might have been Asier, Alejandro, and Amadou-less? Although once again, tournament basketball, like this guy was appointed at some point in the last three months and then had like a two week training camp. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know. Well, maybe he knew that. No. He knew that two out of three of these guys maybe weren't going to be there early, so he didn't yeah. have a whole lot of time to run it, but he had a lot of time to think about it. So I don't know how much you can change it that early. Yeah, I see your point. Um, I see your point, but I don't think 
Agustin Alejos claimed himself any court time over Pincho Ortega. Um, and I think if you're a new coach, lo- long view, you have to reward the guys who obviously look like they need to be out there playing. And Pincho looked like that individually, but that maybe isn't what set the team up best in terms of sticking to the structure they knew. So that's a tough balance in and of itself. Yeah, I don't think um, Yeah, that's the thing. Being like, oh, this guy looks good. It's cool that he chipped in with 14 and 8. Doesn't yeah, like, doesn't win you games, but it might do at some point in the future. Maybe it was worth being like, hey, this is the guy. Like I remember speaking to one of them and being like, hey, if you can get a lot from this guy, if Asier isn't 100%, that might be worth it but like putting yeah. him in as a four instead of going to like a lead ball handler like Alejos yeah um as a four or five it like that really does change everyone else's role because it brings someone else out onto the perimeter and yeah it, I think- it's a lot more on Jordi Ruiz and Jordi Ruiz could do it like Jordi Ruiz is an absolute killer at times so like could do whatever. it like he had a couple of 30 point games this yes, tournament yes. but it's not but could do it, did do it, and also didn't do it. Yeah, <laughs> like he can, could, will, and did and didn't. Yeah. Um, but like I think there you go, anonymous source. That's what happened to Spain. <laughs> yeah, he his experience in a Spain jersey has been mostly as like a secondary creator, spot yeah. up shooter role, and he's unbelievable. I think he's he's always been quite good, and he's like really taken a leap the last couple of years. I think. Yeah, sure. um, or maybe I just underappreciated it before then. But yeah, um, yeah. So my my response to that is instead of it being Asier, Alejandro, Amadou, Jordi, and Danny Sticks, if it's um, if it changes to Alejos, Manu, Pablo. Um, Jordi Ruiz and Pablo Lavandera or Fran Lara, like where in the rankings do you think that five gets where, to? Where are you making up the ground? Yeah, if they yeah, I just wonder like what like what like it's still still like were they seventh? Yes. Like that still shouldn't be the seventh best team in Europe. Like that's there's there still should be better than um, that. But I think the drop off I think because their threes play quite limited roles, I think maybe the drop-off from Alejandro and Amadou to Pablo and Manu is underappreciated because neither Pablo or Manu was great in the tournament or has been particularly great all year. No, um, and I just think I used to kind of be like, ah, the Spanish threes and put all four of them in yeah, a group, yeah. but I think Alejandro is different. Like, I think he might have more physical like he's he's closer to a three five than any of the rest of those guys are and he seems like he sits about a foot taller and Spain should look into um just giving Ben citizenship because Albacete didn't miss a beat when they just started playing Ben instead of Alejandro. Half a point extra makes a difference. It does Uh, especially in international basketball where you're in another 14. Yeah. Yeah so there's our analysis. Great. Next question uh just says my time i imagine it is added on from a different question or i think it's because the thing we put out on instagram said what have we not covered and the response being my time maybe means we ah, have okay time. cool um uh, either way that's not how questions work <laughs> ayaka 
No. Okay. Next question. What the heck happened at the end of Euros? Um, some people got COVID. Some people hadn't got COVID and didn't want to. Um, everyone <laughs> made the best decision for their welfare. And, and the, Netherlands, the Netherlands had their most successful tournament in their history. Yes. Um, the Netherlands wheelchair basketball uh organization whatever it might be called has two european gold medals at the minute which is cool um all right so this next question i have a bit of a bit for oh no <laughs> who is james's favorite minnesotan this is asked by rose hollerman and said p.s i'm from minnesota so i have made a list oh, this list this list was compiled by uh, Bench Units Research Assistant and my wife, <laughs> Anna McSorley. They, they, um, they really worked well together. Yeah, both, <laughs> but one person. Um, so, people from Minnesota that James likes more than Rose. Prince, Judy Garland, Bob Dylan, F. Scott Fitzgerald, Vince Vaughn, not Chris Pratt, Joel and Ethan Cohen. Jessica Beale, Jessica Lang, Winona Ryder, Sean William Scott, who played Stifler in American Pie, Josh Hartnett, Charles M. Schultz, creator of Peanuts comic strips, Lindsay Vaughn, Adam Young from Oil City, Lip Sync, the people who sang Funky Town, Larry Fitzgerald, Arlene Dahl, Richard Gurley Drew, the inventor of masking tape and sellotape, Jesse Ventura, American media personality, actor, author, retired professional wrestler, and former politician. Okay, I will move on to the basketball players that I like more than Rose here from Minnesota. Chris Humphreys, Mike Muscala. Oh, no, 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 Chris Humphreys. Jericho Sims, Jalen Suggs, Rashad Vaughn, Kevin McHale, Tyus Jones, Lindsey Whalen, and three-time NBA champion Whitey Skoog, which is the best name of all time. That is the best name. Okay, so if we're going to narrow down on female wheelchair basketball players from Minnesota, I would probably have to go for Josie. And special shout out um, to specifically, if we're going for people with the surname Hollerman, uh, I would choose all of Rose's family. And then probably Rose. Yeah, all of that was in no particular order. And as long as Rose is just below all of that, so yeah that's people uh from minnesota that i think are better than rose i only have one question is is anna okay (laughs) yes um we we had a lot of fun making that list and there's a handful of people that like like prince bob dylan f scott fitzgerald the cohen brothers vince vaughn like i'm I'm actually like Uh, i I like a lot of those people get vince vaughn out of there and get chris humphreys out of there the do you know that end to Chris Humphrey's NBA career might be the most underappreciated thing of all time? What happened? So he he was relatively good and most relevant, I think, when he played for the Nets because that was when he was mm-hmm. married to one of the Kardashians for like three days. Um, yeah, actually, 72 hours. That's so funny. Is that what it was? I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was... And then he bounced around. He was on like crap teams for ages. And then he had a last ditch attempt. At, he got like one of those training camp contracts with the Hawks. 
um, yeah. 2016 training camp was like on off their roster for a bit. They called him back when they had some injuries. And then when Trump won the presidency, he tweeted, make America great again. And then his Wikipedia page from that date is just like Chris Humphreys and the Atlanta Hawks agreed to mutually part ways on like the 17th of November or whatever date it was, like immediately after he tweeted. <laughs> He's just never been seen again. I love that tweeting something <laughs> and just it being announced that you're no longer employed as a basketball player. So yeah. and just no one having to make the connection because it's so obvious. Yeah. So, so yeah. shout out to Chris Humphreys. I like Rose more than I like him. That's um, that may be fair. There is like a couple of people on this list that I could maybe bump Rose above, but I don't think so. <laughs> also, Rose, this is a, as you heard, this list is very nicely, neatly written down and um, I'm going to keep it and give it to you <laughs> next time I see you. Uh, <laughs> if Ro- Rose, if you want to argue with any of these, you'll have to come back on the podcast. We'll have a full episode of litigating where on that list you fit. Yeah, like you can come on here and you might think this is a joke, but if you think for a second that I like you more than the person that directed No Country for Old Men, we're going to fight. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So next question. Uh, do you have them in front of you or will I just read them? Yeah, I've, I've got them. It's good. Okay. Um so this is from Ayaka, who said, would you talk about your COVID time? Were you afraid to get long COVID? How are you now? Um, yeah, happy enough to talk about it. I um, thankfully quite well right now. Um, a lot of the effects that I, I was worried about were sort of long-term health-related um still have a bit of anxiety around my health after having a couple of problems a couple of years ago and stuff getting a little bit serious for a while but I was quite healthy throughout the 10 days of having it and being isolated um I felt a bit congested as if I had a cold I was very lucky that I got away without much more than that but the whole time I was worried about how much it would affect potentially basketball and also just a bit of my daily life and but the thing was because of coming home being isolated not being able to travel back my basketball chair was in Bilbao so I was able to go to the gym and stuff once I was out of my isolation and no longer able to pass it on to people but I wasn't able to play any basketball so I was unaware as to how it was going to affect my cardio and stuff and then when I got back over here I didn't know how much of it was I couldn't play for a month and at a lot over Christmas and how much of it was maybe any sort of effects. But no, I feel I feel good and I feel pretty healthy and I just feel like I'm a bit out of rhythm because I haven't played in a while and I hope that's all it is and I could see that being all it is. And yeah, I've been I've been well supported from the British wheelchair basketball and support staff and stuff. So I'll be able to sort of flag anything that I notice with them and get some really high level help if I need any, but fingers crossed, I won't. And fingers crossed there are no sort of long-term effects because that's really scary. And that's one of the reasons I would urge sort of younger people to take it really seriously. I know there's a lot of people who are taking it seriously and still getting infected right now because the most recent variant is very contagious 
by the look of things. And although it's not that severe compared to previous variants, especially in younger people from the sort of initial information that's being put out there, I've heard of people having COVID and just still not being well six months later. And obviously no one knows the long-term effects of something that's only two years old yet. So anything that you can do to protect yourself, I think it's worth doing. As I said, I was very fortunate to sort of come out of it fine, but some people haven't been. So yeah, my experience was mostly I slept on a sofa bed in my in-laws house and I really like my I really like my wife's family so I was lucky but if you don't like your wife's family you might end up sleeping on their sofa if you get COVID so if that's something (laughs) you want to avoid think about it but no I'm very very lucky that we were isolating in a place that we felt safe and content and well looked after and yeah everyone we know who's had it is sort of doing all right which is which is cool And if doing all right isn't the goal, what is? (laughs) But yeah, okay. Thanks for asking, by the way. Thanks for checking in. I really appreciate it. Next question. Um, Not a question because we asked people what they wanted to cover and people responded with topics. Uh, Mendel says, Euros, done. Ayaka's travels to Japan. Um, How much to discuss? How much do you know about Ayaka's travels to Japan? Almost zero, other than I've been doing those quizzes that she has been putting up every day. Um, I don't know. I know she went to Japan, and I know she came home with a Matsunaga wheelchair basket. Oh, I also know that. And I don't know if she had other reasons to be in Japan, or if there was a reason that they couldn't post it to her. No idea. But if Ayaka, not, if I don't really listening. know why you would go all that way. I, I don't know. I assume I, there's probably more to this. Yeah, there's probably more to this. Ayaka, please tell us why you went all the way to Japan Ayaka, to take a e- basketball chair. Either let us know or let Mendel know. Uh, yeah, Ayaka, tell Mendel specifically. <laughs> no, tell us. Interact with us on the Bench Units Instagram page. We always appreciate it. Um, as as much as we appreciate anyone else interacting, it's always super cool. So, yeah. Last question. Yep. Um. So this is from again one of our bench units research assistants. <laughs> How do you think COVID will affect the rest of the season, given what happened at Euros? And that's from Anna. Um. Okay. So. I know a little bit about what's going on in Spain. Um, I've heard some stuff about maybe some players, unconfirmed, about some players who might be playing, who might not be playing this weekend in games that I was really yeah, looking I've forward heard, to. I've heard similar, but that's probably not for us to make spec- I don't want to speculate about people's yeah. health. And if the things I've heard are true, I hope everyone involved is well. But like I've seen pictures of teams training with guys missing. So yeah, that's the, every time I say that sort of stuff, I assume now that it's COVID rather than someone had a vet appointment <laughs> or like a, a doctor's appointment. You know what I mean? Like I just yeah. assume it was, or the car broke down, but I just assume it's COVID. But yeah, yeah I know that like I'm, I'm doing a, a 
a test before my game on Saturday, uh, as we all are. I know I did a test before we started back training. And I'm hearing that they are considering, like, how many people would need to be missing for them to put a game off. Yeah. And I don't know. I've heard rumors that it might be, like, four positives. But I have a couple of problems with that in that, say you have three and they happen to be your three best players yeah and your great aunt has taken a covid test and taken taken a picture of it uh can that can that just be sent to the league like yeah i don't know i i obviously like i i think every team in the league will be honest about it like i'm not saying they wouldn't but i'm saying you could hypothetically not yeah that's it it, if that's the because last year it was like medically administered signed stamped covid tests to the league every week yeah um and obviously that i don't think is the case at the minute it might turn out to be the case and the other thing i have a problem with is if it is four positives if those four positives are your four highest pointers and you can only play to like 10 points is that any good or even worse if the four positives are your two ones and your two twos, for example, and you don't have any lineups. Like, <laughs> does having the amount of players you have minus three, sorry, three players missing, because yeah. that wouldn't cancel the game. Sorry. Yeah. The, you've if just, you have those three players missing, but you can't actually play a lineup, is it, and it, is it still by the book that you're going to play the game? I don't Yeah. Really you, that you've, given, you've given me a tiny bit of PTSD there. <laughs> One of my first games ever when I was a kid, I was playing Division Three um, for Halifax Cardinals, and Lothian came down from Scotland. One of their guys, they'd driven down COVID during yeah COVID in two thousand seven or whatever this was. Um, you heard it here first. <laughs> but yeah, um, one of their guys chair had gotten damaged in the van and they'd come down with six guys and they only had one one and it was his chair that had gotten damaged. They tried to sort it out, couldn't. Bearing in mind, we were just at like a local leisure centre and had no like tools or spare bits lying around like there is at Steelers or something like that. Yeah. But so they showed up and they were like, we'll just have to start five players on the floor, be over points, get a technical when the tip goes up. And they just played they for full context, they had been in like division one the year prior and had to restart and work their way back up through the league. So they like took the tip, made their technical free throw, and were up one nil and then won by like five hundred points against five of us with four players. <laughs> it was like, oh man, this was yeah, so you, you not start you start one nil up. Yeah. It was two back. It was two back then, wasn't it? It was two back. So, so yeah. they start. They start. You start two nil up against four. Yeah, and, and then lose. It was like eighty nine six by the end of the game. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, do you remember the uh, the junior team that did that for a whole season? I think it was like George Bates played. Yeah, uh, Billy Bridge played someone else and Charlie, someone else. Um, um, yeah. Oh no, that was it. It wasn't for a whole thing, but they basically like stormed through everyone. Uh, until the finals and then their low pointer uh, couldn't or didn't show up or yeah. could, I'll say couldn't show up I don't remember uh, so they have to, they had to start I think it would have been like quarterfinal semifinal final every game with win the tip sub a player off yeah. 
concede free throws. Yeah. It's so weird. The but... glorious wheelchair basketball tradition that just hasn't been worked out of the rules yet. <laughs> How stupid it is. Yeah. I yeah, it's although I, I think that is probably like there needs to be a penalty for not I don't know how else you would fix that, but oh that'll be a fun one. Should we both try and come back for our next podcast with a solution to like what the funniest way to sort not being able to play the points is? Yeah. <laughs> But that's yeah, really do that. I like and, uh, it. any other rule fixes we can think of right Excellent. uh so before we get out here spanish league gets back this weekend Correct. um you're back in action i looked at the games i know there's albacete and alunion going on and gran canaria mediba is that right yes cool and i can't remember anything i can't remember who you guys have got vital lid we have either leader correct top of my head um so yeah, if you're looking forward to getting back to watching basketball games, then we hope you catch this in time. We'll probably be back with our Sunday roundup, be it either Sunday or Monday, uh, depending on when we get back into the swing. It might it's even Monday be, roundup. It, it might even be next month, going by our current rate. If uh, I get COVID again, <laughs> our six hours of content that we pay for. So imagine if we just jumped on here and been like, "Hey, we've got six full hours to make up," and shafted ourselves for the rest of this month. <laughs> yeah, we thought we were making it up for last month. Yeah. It's just like wild pauses, like yeah. we keep recording when one of us like leaves to go get a drink and stuff. <laughs> that would be wow, that's some like live stream nonsense. Yeah, maybe. all right. Right, like we'll when people hop here. on somewhere and play video games for four hours and there's just like thousands of people watching an empty chair while they go for a pee. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Terrible. Shout out to Ben. Right, let's get out of here. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, thank you for watching. Thanks for listening. Watching? Uh, thank you for listening. We're not there. Uh, Not thank you for watching. I hope you're not watching because we don't want you to be. I hope they are. I've got Gabby's makeup lights on and my skin looks flawless. It does. You look great. Thanks. Um, right. I look like I was going to say, I was going to swear there. Imagine getting through this whole thing and swearing. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. Sorry we disappeared for a month, but obviously you can understand that yeah. life happens. And yeah. Sorry for disappearing for a month. It won't happen again, at least until we think that that's the right thing to do. It won't happen again until it does. Yeah. Uh, but until then, hello. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Cheers for listening. Peace. All right. Thank you. Bye.